From MinTech, the Micro Nanotechnology Education Center, this is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnoff. I teach technicians and engineers at Portland Community College. In each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll meet Janaki. Janaki is an equipment engineering technician at Analog Devices in Beaverton, Oregon, outside Portland. Janaki, welcome to Talking Technicians. Hi, Peter. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. So, Janaki, you work at Analog Devices in Beaverton, Oregon. Do you live around there, too? Yeah, I actually live in Portland. I just moved here from Beaverton, about five minutes away from the fab, but I'm still about 20 minutes away, so pretty close. So you live pretty close there. And did you grow up in the Portland area? I did. I've lived here my entire life. And um, tell me about where uh, you work. You're an equipment engineering technician. What's an equipment engineering technician and what do they do day to day at analog devices? So what we well, what I do day to day is perform preventative maintenance on the machines and um, also do recoveries and repairs on the machines when they need it. A lot of troubleshooting goes along with that as well. So you work with a bunch of equipment, and then you said that uh, analog devices has a fab. Could you explain yeah. what a fab is? What does that mean for somebody that doesn't work in the semiconductor industry? Oh, sure. It's a factory that makes micro uh, chips, basically. Um, they have big machines that process wafers that have lots of little chips on them, and then they sell them individually to companies. And so some of the work that you do produces those chips. Um, how uh, do those chips help uh, your community or help other people out there? Why is it important that we're making these? They're pretty much everything that we do in modern society, like uh, electric cars, self-driving, even the Fitbit watches that we wear. It's all a part of it. So these chips are really important just for every part of kind of society uh, to work together. So would yeah. you be willing to provide a ballpark salary for your job as a starting technician at analog devices, or if somebody went somewhere else in the semiconductor industry? Yeah. Um, so actually, so that's kind of what attracted me to it. On the PCC website, it gives like a range of 55000 a year up. Um, and from my experience and everybody else that I know, that's right on target. So with that as a starting salary, are there opportunities for professional growth at analog devices? Absolutely. They they work to uh, keep us educated and give us uh, opportunities for promotions in the technician's role, or sometimes people will grow into like management and supervisor. But especially where I work, it's a big like a family vibe. So everybody's really rooting for each other to uh, move up. So it must feel good to be in that work environment that it sort of feels like a family altogether. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all, actually. So I really like that. Janaki, do you remember what it felt like your first day of work? What did it feel like the first day that you went into the fab? 
It was so overwhelming. It's It felt like a maze and everything makes noise. Everything is beeping. It's a good beep or a bad beep. You know, there's the normal beeps and there's the alarm beeps that say, I need your help. So when there's hundreds of tools all doing that and you're walking and nothing's like in a straight path, I was um, pretty overwhelmed the first week. It took about two months just to even learn pathways through the fab. So it sounded a little bit overwhelming and that there's just lots of sensory input, like that very yes, first yes. time you get Everything's, in. ooh, shiny, ooh, shiny. <laughs> and Janaki, how does it feel now when you go into work? Do you have that same feeling? No, actually, I think it's awesome. Um, it's like we get to use all the back hallways behind the machines. The They call it a bay and a chase. So we take the chase secret passageways, I like to think of it, through the fab. So I know all the shortcuts from one area to another. And I actually think that's really fun. So Janaki, you talked about like the bay and the chase. Why are there sort of like these two different areas of the fab? What's the purpose of that? So the machines uh, that the operators run, so they load uh, the wafers into the machines to be processed. That's where they, the in the bay, they all... Um, load the machines and they have a lot of like big hallways but in the back that's where the maintenance happens so when tools go down or equipment we call them tools they're very big tools Uh, when the tools go down that's where we get to set up and do repair work or sometimes like change filters we do pump maintenance a lot of hands-on work so you're doing a whole bunch of this hands-on work Um, do you have to wear special clothing or protective equipment when you're working in the fab Yes. So um, everybody, when you come into the fab class, wear a bunny suit. So uh, where I work, the equipment people wear green bunny suits and the operators wear white. So you kind of visually can see who's who in there because it's kind of hard to tell people apart, especially at first. You just have this little window. You get to see everybody's eyes, um, but you get used to it. And then when we do repair work and any anything with uh, the tools, we have uh, PPE that we wear. So special smocks, gloves, face shields that kind of stuff. Janaki, do you do work in shifts or do you have a nine to five day schedule five days a week? Oh, so I, I work shift work. So I work three on, three off, four on, four off. And that was probably one of the biggest things for me to get used to in the job because I've always worked in like a nine to five before. So um, I wasn't prepared for how tired I would be after work and not necessarily even physically. It's mentally tiring to work for 12 hours a day because you have to be on like on you, why isn't this working? What could it be? And you're working with teammates who they have ideas. And so you, a lot of collaboration happens. So at the end of 12 hours, you're like, wow, that went by and it felt like one hour, but I feel like I've been up for 36 hours and that kind of thing. So it sounds like work is always stimulating and that can get tiring at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. If you stay late, are there opportunities uh, to be paid overtime? Yes, uh, we don't really stay late. I think that the limit is 13 hours a day, but there is an opportunity to do overtime, like you can add extra days on the other side of the week. Um, but built into the way we're paid, we get overtime after um, 10 hours every day. And then on days where we were four days in a row, the fourth day is all overtime. So the ability to make money as a technician is huge because if you have the energy and the availability to work more, they'll pay you. So in addition to pay, does analog devices help out with things like healthcare or retirement? 
Oh, yeah, that was another huge thing. Before I worked here, I worked for a small business for 15 years, and small businesses don't always have the best benefit packages. So coming to a huge corporation, I was pretty much blown away by the health, vision, dental. We get all this PTO, 401k matching, tuition reimbursement. They really take care of you and want you to stay. So, Janaki, let's uh, kind of switch gears and talk about how you got to where you are now. You mentioned that you worked for a small business beforehand. What was your work experience before your current role? So, um, I actually have a four-year degree in economics, and I, well, during and after that, I work for a small business here in Portland and in an office, just doing office work, um, which was a good experience. I love the people, but after 15 years, it got a little boring and there was definitely a pay ceiling there. Um, So my husband actually was a technician at Intel at the time, and um, we decided, I think I want to go back to school. And in pretty much in like a day's time, I started researching PCC. I saw there was an informational Zoom meeting because it was still during COVID. I logged in that night, registered the next day and started classes in like three weeks from there. It just happened like that. Wow, what a whirlwind. So you enrolled at Portland Community College in the MT program. Could you briefly Mm -hmm. describe what does MT stand for and what do you learn in that program? So it's a microelectronics program. Um, The first year, I think, is more like um, electronics basics. Uh, You have to take physics, chemistry. There's a lot of math to do. And then the second year program, is more hands-on. We do a lot of lab work. They actually have tools in the lab to work on. So you have a an understanding of how how tools work, what they look like, what you'd even be looking at, because it is pretty unfamiliar unless you um, know what know what's happening. Like before I met my husband, I didn't even know this career path existed. Um, but I'm so glad I found it because I'm definitely the kind of person who needs that kind of stimulation. And so I'm never bored at work. Janaki, what was the hardest part of school for you? You were going back to school after you were in the workforce for a while. What was difficult? Um, so for the first few terms, I was working the previous job and going to school full time. So time management is huge. I felt like I had to give up a lot to be able to do both, um, but I knew it'd be worth it. And I took one term where I just went to school, but then um, through PCC, they have an excellent um how do I say this? There's a lot of resources to get you into semiconductor, even while you're still in school. So I started an apprenticeship with LAM Research and was working just two 12-hour shifts, just even learning how to be in a fab while going to school. So it was just, it felt like I was living semiconductor all the time. I like went to school and learned about it. I went to work and did it. Me and my husband talk about it all the time. It's just, that was a lot. And so Coming out through that into the end of it and having weekends again, it's just been amazing. <laughs> so as part of your community college program, uh, you actually uh, stepped into a fab and worked in a fab while you were in school. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. How did community college prepare you for where you are now? I would say, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know anything about what even semiconductor was, what the industry was like. So working in the labs with groups of people, with some of the instructors have worked for semiconductor companies. So that gave me a window into what it would be like. 
which was very helpful. And then also getting hooked up with the apprenticeship with Lamb. Then I started understanding, oh, these are the, this is like what they do. Cause Lamb is a capital supplier for semiconductor companies. They, they build and sell the tools that they sell to Intel and analog and that kind of thing. So you were uh, interning or working as an apprentice at the company that then sells the equipment to the company uh, that you work for now. That's kind of neat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So what's something unexpected about working as a technician that you only learned after you started? Um, I didn't, I guess it's like the, how do I say this? Not so much the work, the hands-on work, because we did a lot of that in the lab, but the interpersonal relationships that you have with people in your group. So they separate the fab into areas depending on what the tools do. So I work in the, on tools that are like single wafer wet clean tools. So they process wafers one at a time with acid. So how they, how they uh, separate the techs up is that there's a group of like six of us that work on the back ends of the week. And I spend 12 hours a day with these people. And as you would expect, we're all very close now. And I have lifelong friends for sure. So that brings up a good point about working in the fab, and that's communication. Besides talking uh, with folks that you work with, how else do you communicate uh, in the fab? We do a lot of written communication. Everything that we do with the tools as far as repair work and preventative maintenance is recorded in the computer system. So, And that is um, goes up to the engineers and then our management. So a lot of... Um, Technical data has to be transcribed that way, and it has to be correct. You have to be able to write in full sentences that make sense so you can explain the troubleshooting steps that you've already taken. Because a lot of times you don't get to fix the problem. You just get so many steps in, and you're like, well, I know it's not these things, and here's why I know. And then you pass it down to the night shift guys, and then they can go look at it. And they get to do their troubleshooting steps. And sometimes it comes back to you the next morning. Um, but it's it's definitely a lot of teamwork. So you have to have a really good handle on written communications. So having both verbal and written communication and being able to be both a good listener and being able to be a good reader, all of those things sound like they're important. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to comprehend, do it, and then explain what you did to the next group of people coming in is like the crux of the job pretty much. Janaki, how did your life change when you became a technician? What's different now compared to when you were a student at Portland Community College? Well, um, I make more money, of course, but I would say it has really given me a sense of purpose. Um, I feel like I do things that affect how things work at my job. Even though I'm just a cog in the machine, when I'm there, I get to bring tools up and fix them. And just there's a, a really good sense of accomplishment at the end of the day when you fix something and you're like, I made that work. And now it can make more chips. <laughs> well, Janaki, do you have a final call to action for students or people who want to transition their careers and work like a technician like you in the semiconductor industry? Yeah, I would say that don't don't wait. Um, for me, I came into this older. I had already been to college, had, had an adult job, and I knew that job wasn't for me anymore. And so I just did it. And 
I'm so happy that I did. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of conceptions, preconceptions about people who are mechanics or work on robotics. And I never have like done any like hands-on work like that before in a work environment, but you know what? I can do it. And I just went to school and they taught me how. Well, Janaki, thank you so much for sharing your story with me on Talking Technicians. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Please keep in touch. I will. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech, the Micro Nano Technology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at talkingtechnicians.org. We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you.